Update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo, midday to 1 p.m. And we start, of course, uh, with uh, the Democratic Alliance. John Moody has resigned as leader of the DA in Gauteng and as a member of the party. Moody has been a member of the party since 1998, and he joins now a string of prominent members who have left the DA since last October. A former city of Johannesburg mayor, Herman Mashaba, uh, former party leader, Musi Maimane, uh, they, of course, led the exodus from the party. And Moody says uh, that he cannot be part of an organization which is comfortable with being the main opposition in the country. In 1994, a dream came true. We held our first truly democratic elections, and it is with goosebumps I still remember the experience of casting my vote for a government of my choice. The new South Africa was born. We had high hopes for a bright and prosperous future. The call to build a rainbow nation was heeded. Our South Africa was a darling of the world. Hope prevailed. Sadly, but, uh, but a few short years of, of relative prosperity and economic growth, the rot set in and the hope started to fade. Corruption became a practice and then ultimately a pandemic under the presidency of Jacob Zuma. As early as 1996, with the warning signs obvious, I recognized the real threat to our democracy and prosperity. I joined the struggle for a better South Africa that was promised, yet was being stolen from us. I looked for a new political home. In 1998, I freely joined the Democratic Party, which later, when it merged with the National Party and the Federal Alliance, became the Democratic Alliance, a change that came that did not come without its challenges. Though I could subscribe to the principles and the political values of my new political home, the subtle and not-so-subtle prejudices by a few were there, and one had to face and challenge these. But overall, I was comfortable in the DA, which afforded me the opportunity to contribute to working on not only being an effective opposition and holding the ANC government to account, but also to build the party to become a viable alternative and to become a party in government. Together with other dedicated and hard-working Democrats, I could work and contribute in saving our fragile, fledgling democracy and work towards building a South Africa with a better and brighter future. I stood for many leadership positions in the DA and grew grew through the ranks from branch chairperson to deputy regional chairperson to chairperson of the province and for four consecutive, or should I say for four terms, I served as the leader of the Democratic Alliance in the province of Gauteng. I had been the first black provincial leader in the party. I prided myself in contributing to the successes we achieved in growing the DA support in all race groups and in taking the fight to the ANC right in their strongholds and in the stomping grounds. In standing up against political intolerance and intimidation, making sure that we spread the DA message to every community and area, not only in Gauteng, but across the length and breadth of South Africa. I made sure there was no such thing as no-go areas in Gauteng. I stood by my activists. I stood by my branch chairpersons when they were intimidated. I slept in their homes to show them that I care and that our democracy will not be undermined and our freedom of choice will not be undermined. Daily and on every occasion, I wore my DA colors with pride.
Moody also went on to say that the real and serious problems of the DA started in 2017. Leading up to 2017, we began to experience real internal problems within the DA. The former federal leader was being undermined and the destabilization program and subsequent purge was at play. The acknowledgement of the necessity of affirmative action and double B, triple E was accepted by the party in the principles of redress, reconciliation, diversity and delivery, the so-called R2D2, this under the leadership of Helen Ziller. This political philosophy was further promoted in the principles of freedom, fairness and opportunity. It became a problem, however, leading up to the 2017 Congress when Musi Maimani introduced the fourth pillar, namely diversity. This caused consternation with the lead up to the Congress. It pitched white against black. The so-called liberals were angered that this would lead the party in a direction they did not like. As leadership, we intervened and through dialogue we managed to find an acceptable middle path on how we define that word diversity. Tensions within the party between the right of center liberals and the rest of us who were more concerned with inclusivity was on the rise to the point where there was an attempt by some of these liberals at forming a liberal party in the lead up to the 2019 elections, a fact not denied. There were many contributing factors that led to the poor showing of the DA in the 2019 elections, some controversial ones deliberately initiated by these individuals. This led to the calling by this group for Musi to fall on his sword and step down from the position of federal leader of the Democratic Alliance. When this call was defeated at the Federal Congress, at the Federal Council, a charge that I led in defense of Musi. The plot to push Musi out by attacking his character was put into action. A public attack on his credibility was carried out in the media and weekend after weekend, vague allegations of impropriety was leaked to a newspaper with the objective of casting doubt upon the character and honesty of the first black federal leader of the Democratic Alliance. Now some people are going to say I'm being racist here, or I'm bringing a black conflict and white conflict here. I'm going to call it for what it is. This is my South Africa, and I will fight for what I believe in. And when I see injustice, I will not shy away from challenging it. Not at all. After Helen was elected as interim federal council chairman, we saw first Herman Mashaba, then a few days later Musi leaving the DA and Athol Trollope resigned as federal chairperson, all doing so before they were pushed out of the party or out of their positions. This tactic isn't foreign or unknown in the DA. Presently, the disciplinary process is being used to neutralize those who supported Musi and, Musi and Athol. No less than six provincial leaders are facing multiple disciplinary charges. In total, nine of nine of the members of the 25-member federal executive are facing disciplinary charges. Personally, I have been a victim of such underhanded disparaging tactics at every provincial congress I contested, barring the first one. Trumped-up charges and character assassination and rumor-mongering to destroy my character has been a constant practice I have learned to weather and to live with. Presently, as usual, because I dare to put my hat in the ring to contest for the federal leadership. I'm facing charges for defending Musi in public by exposing those behind the attack on him in the media. And I've been informed that there are further charges to be brought against me for allegedly being involved in a conspiracy 
to frame a senior DA parliamentary league, uh, parliamentarian on charges of soliciting sex for jobs. There is a conspiracy among senior leaders of the DA to have my membership terminated on manufactured evidence and allegations. Well, as I said, I had experienced these smear tactics in the past, but stayed on, but stayed on because I believed in the party and that direction it was taking, and I survived. However, with the new interim leadership in place, the direction of the part that the party is taking is to draw into a lager of protectionism and being satisfied with being a mere 15, maybe 20% party. At the meeting with the councillors in the city of Johannesburg, Helen said to them, just wake up and smell the coffee. Not her words, but more or less that. Get used to the fact that we will be a 20% party. I didn't get involved in the DA to be an opposition party in perpetuity. Got involved in the DA to, to fight for the freedom of South Africa and to build democracy and to become a party in government. So, if the DA party is, uh, if the party is uh, satisfied with governing in Cape Town and the Western Cape Enclave, I'm not. The DA has lost its direction. And uh, that was uh, former DA Gauteng uh, leader John Moody, who has ad- resigned as leader of the DA in Gauteng and also as a party member. We are joined now by the Democratic Alliance's national spokesperson, Rifilu Nseke. Thanks so much for your time. Welcome to Update at Noon. Thank you so much, Sakina. Good afternoon to you and good afternoon to your listeners. Ms. Nseke, is the DA at all surprised by the resignation of one of your senior leaders? Absolutely. I mean, it was not expected that we would lose a provincial leader today. But we note the resignation and we have to accept it. So, Mr. Moody charges that uh, he was essentially charged for defending the former leader of the party, Musi Maimane. What, can you tell us a little bit more about the charges that he was facing? No, I do not believe those. Are, I don't think that is true. There's other charges which he made against a, a current MP, and he was facing other charges against himself because those charges were considered to be um, fictitious. So it's not true that he was charged for defending the previous leader of the organization. That much I can attest to it. But the reality is it is the third day that he's leaving the DA because he's actually making a mistake when he had an opportunity to be part of the only party capable of unseating the ANC in the next election. How so when he contends that Helen Ziller made it clear that uh, they need to uh, start getting used to the idea of being a 20% party, uh, at least when addressing the Gauteng caucus? That was I, that was never said in any caucus meeting at all. And Helen is not a member of the caucus, by the way. Helen happens to be a federal council chairperson. She's not. She doesn't sit in any particular caucus as a federal council chair. She doesn't have to sit in the caucus, Ms. Nseke. She could be addressing members of her party. And this is what I no, suspect he was alluding to. No, I'm with Mr. Moody, and Helen never addressed that caucus. So she never said to members of the Gauteng uh, caucus that, or any other members of the Democratic Alliance that they need to get used to being a 20% party? Not at all. So Mr. Moody is fabricating that? No, that is not true. So he's fabricating that? He's lying? Yes, 
The reality is, okay, now let's look at the situation here. I think it's very unfortunate that Musimudi is leaving. I think the DA has a very good chance of getting into government next year. But the challenges that we are facing is there are cases, there, are, there is a case against Mr. Moody at the Federal Legal Commission. And you know the reality is you are innocent until you're proven guilty. So, what so are those charges? Moody, you know what? I don't think it's fair to actually relay those charges to the media today when Mr. Moody is leaving. And I think for the DA, when he leaves, those charges become mute. And it's not necessary for us to then discuss those charges. As I said, there was issues around him fabricating a case against another senior an MP in the organization. So there's another charge against him, and it still has to go through the it still had to go through the process of the federal legal commission. So he's leaving because before the case is actually being concluded, which is actually quite premature because he had his opportunity. He would have had his opportunity to stand and defend those charges. In but the FLC. he contends that these are trumped-up charges and you were adding to the charges that were already brought against him because you were plotting, I suppose, the way you did against uh, the former leader of the party, Musi Maimane. Yeah, but th- I'm saying to you, there was never charges against him for defending the, lead- the, the previous federal leader. What I am saying, however, is the following. Why, why didn't he stand for the SLC charges and defend himself in the SLC. It is important that he sees, he should have seen the process through instead of leaving. But he says he left because he saw what you did against previous uh, uh, people who were charged. He spoke about how the DA plotted against, uh, members of the DA plotted against former leader of the party, Musi Maimane, in order to get rid of him. How you actually leaked information strategically to newspapers so as to smear Maimane's name. I think we need to talk about what we mean by leaking information. Let's start with the fact that Musi Maimane himself appointed the review panel, which came up with the, the review that came after the elections. He handpicked the people that sat on that panel, namely the previous leader, Tony Leon, um, the previous CEO, and other members of that particular panel. It was not even anybody else's doing. Mr. Maimani actually appointed those, the, those panelists. Mr. Maimani left on his own accord, even after a federal executive meeting where the FedEx all appeals to him to stay on as a leader of the Democratic Alliance. He chose that he wanted to leave when he got into the press, the press conference at, at the end of the day. He was never pushed. The leadership, all the members appealed to, say, to him to say, Mr. Maimani, please stay on. Wait until the next federal Congress. Let the people who want you out unsit you properly at a federal Congress. And so so, so you wanted him to media, stay on? He then announced his resignation. He decided it was not nobody pushing him out. It was him on his own making a decision that he wanted to leave. But there's a thread here of 
black leaders who are leaving the DA who are saying that the situation has become an untenable one. They don't agree with the direction in which the party is going. And of course, it seems as though uh, they are plotted against within the party. So how does the DA respond to that? Because when we spoke as the media some while ago, years back, about a black caucus in the DA, the DA was vehement in denying that a black caucus existed within the DA that was at odds at times with some of the policy directions within the party. But you know what I struggle with, Sakina, is this very coming weekend we've got a whole policy conference where we people are encouraged to debate robustly on issues of economic justice, for example, where we talk about redress and what redress means to the Democratic Alliance. This would have been an absolute opportunity for those very people to send the opportunity and air their views in terms of what is coming and how they think the party should be taking direction, especially in such senior roles as the people that you're mentioning. The other common denominator, and my final question to you as we're running out of time, is Helen Ziller. Most of the leaders who have left, the, uh, the, the black leaders who have left the DA recently and others have cited Helen Ziller as a common denominator in why they were unhappy and leaving the party. Is the DA willing to throw everything away for Helen Ziller? Because Helen was elected democratically. We went to a federal council meeting after Athol Trollip left the organization. And, And in democracy, the majority wins. Helen was elected at the federal council meeting constituted of about 150 members of the Democratic Alliance because that's what you do for a federal council chairperson. And Helen was elected. She didn't put herself in that position. I think sometimes we need to state the facts of how this organization works. She never appointed herself. She campaigned like everybody else campaigned. And if you remember, Thomas Walters also campaigned for that position, including Helen. Helen was victorious after being elected. And And the emphasis being on the word elected. So the DA stands by Helen Ziller and is willing to lose other members for her sake. I think we must be honest that when a person is elected and was, she went through the process, she was checked whether she, she is right to stand because we all have to find, be in good standing with the party, etc., etc. And she stood. She passed all those checks. She stood. She was elected. How then do we say we don't want the outcome of an election? We might as well say we don't want Cyril Ramaphosa, even though we are in the minority. We must go and fight an election and win an election to get the people we want elected elected. I think that is the fair process. Rufilo Nseke, thanks for your time, uh, DA's national spokesperson. And uh, yes, uh, that came through, that, uh, you know, the Helen Ziller factor uh, through by John Moody as well. But we join now by political analyst Professor Somadota Fikeni to give us analysis on this development. Uh, Professor Somadota, this afternoon, good afternoon, I should say, and welcome to Updated Noon. Afternoon, Sakina, and good afternoon to your listeners. Are you surprised by this latest development, uh, Professor Fikeni? I'm not at all because the contestations ahead of the elective conference of the DA, as well as the fact that local government elections are coming, and the former leaders of the DA might be approaching some of the leaders who are still within the DA to join them. So those create opportunities. And, of course, the upcoming elective conferences also 
finding itself frustrating for some when they are told it's going to be all virtual, when some had asked that it be postponed until there can be a physical interaction. Now, Professor Figeni, one of the things um, that uh, Ms. Nseke puts up here is, of course, uh, that if anybody is unhappy with uh, Helen Ziller in the leadership structure of the Democratic Alliance, then they should contest for that position and contest to have her removed from that position democratically. There's a thread here. If you look at leaders who have resigned in the leadership of the DA of late, Helen Ziller has always been mentioned as one of the factors. Well, what I can say, this is a flawed argument. Leaders do get elected, but they can be at variance with the values of the party. And at that particular moment, the party cannot hide behind election. It was the same thing within the ruling party of the ANC, where those who were defending leaders uh, who were at variance with some of the values, they were saying they were elected. They should wait for the next conference. And that in itself caused a lot of damage because it is a simple majoritarian thing. Instead of saying what are the values of the party and what could be harming the party, but if you say everything should boil down to election and numbers, What if tomorrow the majority of DA say we stand against liberalism? So looking at that, of course, and also I'm reminded by something that you said in a previous session when analyzing this particular party, where you said, and it seems as though we've come full circle, the ANC having its own problems. And, and, and I remember you saying that, you know, whilst the ANC is imploding, the DA has decided to sit in a corner and start self-mutilating unprovoked. <laughs> Would you agree that it seems like deja vu right now? Certainly, I do think that DA is actually melting at a time when ANC was most vulnerable. And it is for that reason that it cannot take advantage of these opportunities. Instead, when you come to next year's elections, you may find that Herman Mashaba, Good Party, Mosi Maimane are all going to be fishing in the same pond in terms of constituencies, which DA otherwise would have been hoping for. So where does this leave the DA? You know, considering that we are hearing rumblings of other uh, black, uh, black uh, party leaders in the DA also uh, possibly looking at uh, taking a short left and exit from the party. Where does this leave the DA, especially given that uh, there will be local government elections next year? Well, I do think that it is in a very awkward position because what looks likely now is that what worries the DA, if you read some of the policy documents that Helen Ziller penned even before, she was elected, they have chosen not to increase deliberately at all costs the black majority. They have chosen to take a retreat on some of the issues of transformation, affirmative action, redress, and concentrate on their trusted uh, traditional constituency. At another level, they might, without saying it, be more worried about what was shaved off by the FF Plus, which was growing, which is the white Africana constituency. And they may prize that constituency more than the majority they have. And they might just decide we may never be a majority party, but let's be a lobby and a pressure group for certain interests. Well, John Moody mentions this, um, and he says that Helen Ziller had told them that they need to get 
used to being a 20% party, which uh, the national spokesperson, Rifilu Nteke, obviously denies. And she says that was never said. But looking at the DA and where it is currently, do you get a sense, uh, Professor Figeni, that ideologically the party may have moved from where it may have been at the last election? Certainly, there seems to be a soul-searching within the DA. If you look at the policy documents which are being penned, DA is drifting in a more conservative direction. In any event, I've always argued that if you look at American politics, what DA stands for in the main would be in the realm of conservative or Republican Party. So DA, the debate should be, is it really a liberal party in a conventional sense? If you look at what Democrats stand for, here they will see it as a social Democrats. And uh, what DA stands for has become even more conservative on a whole range of issues. So that in itself, the struggle for the soul of the DA's ideological and philosophical standing is beginning to take shape. And this weekend is likely to confirm just that. And what does this mean for the black caucus within the DA? They are going to drift away generally, and uh, some of them will be attracted by those who just left the party. And uh, then you will see the DA becoming more of an urban concentrating party. And also even there, it may not spend that much time searching for the black constituencies as it used to. Professor Fikeni, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much, uh, Professor Somatota Fikeni, talking to us uh, there about the latest developments within the Democratic Alliance.